It's time for the big conversations, telling stories of movers and shakers, of industry giants and daring professionals. It's time for the conversations that change your perspective on life, the kind of conversations that shape entrepreneurs and move careers forward. If you don't know where these conversations are found, we are sending you a GPS. But if you're listening to this voice right now, you are here. Welcome to the Growth Podcast. This is the GPS. Welcome back to another episode of the Growth Podcast. Uh, we're happy to have you here. Um, last week we talked to Jade um, around personal finances, careers, yada, yada, yada. I hope you find that um, valuable. Um, our valuable conversations continue. Remember, like I said last week, um, our podcast is now showing on Prime Television. So um, feel free to tune in every Tuesday in the evening. I am not sure exactly what time it is, but I know um, that Tuesday in the evening, I think after 19 hours, you'll find it um, on Prime Television. Next week, I will come to you with the actual time um, for the broadcasts of the podcast. This week, we're talking to our first engineer. Um, when I thought first engineer who's going to have be on the podcast, um, I thought someone else. But the beauty is now we have a female um engineer. I don't like using words like female engineer. She's an engineer um, who just happens to be female. Um, this is engineer um, Angela Kapembwa. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Sue. It's such a pleasure to be here. No, it's good to have you. How have you been? I've been okay. Uh, can't complain. Okay. How have you been? No, I've been okay. Everything is okay. Good. Uh, I'm in a transition period of my life, so I am learning the ropes. I'm trying to, you know, catch on to my new life. But welcome to the podcast again. Um, for those that may not know you, who is Engineer Angela Kapembo? Okay, so who is Engineer Angela Kapembo? I'll speak of it from two points, right? The first one would be obviously from the title that you introduced me by engineer. I'm an engineer by profession. Um, I specialize in water, sanitation and hygiene in that sector. And I've been in this space for the past six years. Um, and aside from that, I am just a regular girl, Zambian, who has grown through the years and um, who wants to use that growth, who wants to use those experiences to be an impact to somebody else. All right. And you, you mentioned the, the engineering that you did. Where, where did you do it from? Right. So I did my civil engineering. That's my undergrad um, in Namibia at the University of Namibia for five years. Then I went on to specialize in sanitation and I did that from the Netherlands. I got a scholarship under the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and I did that for a year between 2019 and 2020. Okay. If someone was to bump into you, um, mm. maybe even for like five minutes and walked away, yeah. what kind of impression would you leave on them? Well, it depends. Um, first and foremost, I think the first thing that they'll notice about me is that I'm a very inquisitive person. So the first conversations that I would have with someone, I would probably ask a lot of questions. Um, of course, I always want to make somebody comfortable, even with the questions I'm asking. So I wouldn't be like bombarding someone with all the questions, but that inquisitive nature about me, I think would stand out. And then also that I... I think I'm welcoming. A lot of people tend to be comfortable around me. So I would start a conversation and it would flow and someone would think that we've known each other forever. When I first met you, you never asked me any question. <laughs> well, that's because I was I a mentioned bit, a bad day. No, I, I want to say maybe I was starstruck. I was like, oh my gosh, Sui. But after warming up, I was like, okay, he's, he's a really cool guy. So, you know, we got to chatting and now here we are. So I'm really grateful also for sparing that time to okay. chat with me. No one just, okay, I know that kids, when you go to kids and ask them, what do you want to be? You mm. know, they would a whole list. I think growing up, we had, I want to be a lawyer. Yeah. Um, I want to be a doctor. doctor. Yeah. I want to be an accountant. Um, it was rare you find a, a young girl saying, I want to be an engineer. Yes. How, how did the engineering idea come to you? Okay. So it's, it's quite an interesting one. Um, and I think I only realized that I wanted to be an engineer when I actually started to study engineering. So all along, um, as I grew up, I, I knew that I had this nick of just being curious, you know, how does this work? How does this function? And I would sometimes go to the extent of even breaking it down and trying to just figure it out. And as I went through my education, my primary school, my secondary school, 
I found myself as well um, in the science classes because, of course, I was able to assimilate that amount of um, knowledge. I was able to comprehend it and work through it. So I was in the science classes. And then when I went to apply for university, as you've rightfully said, I applied for medicine as well. Um, and my second option was to be an engineer. So I said, okay, I know I want to do something scientific. I know that is where my interests lie. And so I went ahead and made these two options. And upon being accepted, I was accepted into the engineering school. And I got to realize that it's a very interesting space to be in. And it aligns so much with what I enjoy doing, with what I found myself doing easily. Yeah. Okay. How many, how many, um, women were you with in the class? Wow. <clears throat> so I was, um, it started off, I could say like the way it would be in the natural sciences. So it's like a foundation year. So there's everyone, you know, who's trying to get into whichever different scientific, um, study course. Then when I specialized now as an engineer, um, in my civil engineering class, there was, there should have been seven. So there was myself, a Zambian, there was a Ugandan, there was a Zimbabwean. There was, uh, I think about two or three Namibians cause I was there in Namibia. So it was that few number or that, that low ratio. And overall in class, we were about 35. Yeah. So you could already see this disparity in the number of females and the number of males in our civil engineering class. Mm. Okay. And how was the experience like? Um, because like you did say, you wanted to do medicine. Mm. Tell me about, for those of us like watching from the sidelines, mm -hmm. I've never done engineering. Yeah. But the first thing that comes to mind is engineering is hard. Mm -hmm. Is it hard? You know, it's a, it's, it's not a question that should be about, is it hard or not? At the end of the day, it's what you put your mind to. But is it hard? <laughs> <laughs> it's involving, just like okay. any other course. I mean, if you put me in, I think you did media, you know, in that space. Marketing. Marketing, exactly. Yeah. If you put me in a marketing class, so it's going to take me a while to be like, okay, what is going on here? You know what I mean? And similarly, if you put me in an accounting class or you put a doctor in a, I don't know, whichever class, there'll be an element of adjusting your mind and adjusting how you're thinking about the knowledge that is being passed on. So it is involving and it's very difficult to say it's more involving than the other because each of them have got their, um, their, what can I say? The, the capacity that it needs, you know? So it is involving. It requires you to be very focused. It requires you to understand why exactly you're doing it, understand why you've found yourself in this space. Because if you do it just for the sake of doing it, it's not a walk in the park. That's for sure. Okay. Mm. I want to talk about influence um, in terms of what influenced you towards engineering. Mm -hmm. I've come to learn that um, mostly we are influenced by our immediate community. Mm -hmm. um, the other day I was um, watching football um, and there's on the two teams, yeah. on one side and the other side, these guys were brothers, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and it's very common in football and you find that f families like gravitate towards a certain career path mm. because, oh, there was that one person who opened mm, the door. Mm. So if it's engineering, there was that yeah, one everybody. engineer and then everyone is, you know, <laughs> going that direction. Yeah. What was the influence for you? Um, well, for me, I think the influence goes beyond that. I didn't experience that. Um, my mother's a teacher by profession. My sister is in comms. My younger sister is, um, in a, in an, in agricultural science. Um, so you don't get to really see this trend, you know, within the family. I have a few of my other uncles and aunts who maybe are doing architecture or maybe civil engineering itself, but it was more because of this particular interest that I had. And I grew up in a community or I was raised in a home where we were given that freedom. We we're given that chance to explore based on what our interests are, based on what our strengths are. You know, it's one thing to force somebody into a science class when they, they, they cannot manage that amount of, you know, intensity that comes with uh, dealing with learning in a science class. So I think I, I am grateful for that opportunity not to be forced into a certain direction, but to be allowed to explore these interests that I have and to turn them into a career. Okay. Mm. And, and along the way, wh what would you say are some of the key life lessons that you've mm. drawn from your time in university, 
um, throughout your engineering experience, part of your work life? What, what lessons have you drawn along the way? All right. So would you say life lessons or career lessons? Which one would you want me to tackle? Do you want me to go both directions? Let's, let's go both directions. Let's go both. Cool. So I'll start with career lessons. So one thing, Sui, that um, I can really say is an anchor to where I am even today is the people that I have surrounded myself with. You know, I, I, I think it's, it's something that we need to be aware of that, you know, life is like a cycle. Whatever we're experiencing now has been experienced by somebody else. Whatever we're going through has been, has somebody has gone through it, you know? So surrounding yourself with people who have at least walked a certain path, especially the one that you're trying to walk is a key um, thing that I have learned. And through that, I can say that the people that I have surrounded myself with mentors, family, friends have been quite a guide, even in shaping my career. Case in example, um, as I navigated, you know, my school and all that, and I came out of school, I got to a point where I'm now thinking, okay, so I've done civil engineering and civil engineering is quite a broad um, space. There's construction, there's water, there's sanitation, there's environmental, you name it. There's like a whole lot that you can do within a civil engineering practice. And so I was thinking, hmm, where do I focus myself? Where do I put this skill that I've learned? Where do I put this knowledge that I've learned? And how do I use it to be more impactful, not only to myself, but to my immediate community and even to my nation, you know, to my country? How am I giving back to my country? And so because of, you know, the interactions that I would have with the close knit people that are around me, my family, people who I look up to, that also helped me shape who I am today. Those conversations, that guidance, that wisdom that they would pass on to me would give me that time to introspect and say, okay, uh, person A did this or person B did that and said this. So how do I see myself within all of these nuggets of wisdom or these experiences that they share with me? So that's something that's very cardinal. And that's something that I hold very dear to me as well. Having somebody you look up to, having a mentor, somebody you can speak to, somebody who can speak into your life in terms of your career. How does a mentor-mentee relationship work? Wow, there, it varies, hey? I've, um, I've had different experiences. I've had some where it's um, almost like a mother-daughter relationship. If it's a male-father-daughter relationship, I've had some where it's, it's kind of like a combination of mentorship and coaching, you know, because there is a split, um, a, a clean cut of the two being different. So you'd find that the person who you confide in with, with your work and with your career goals is also the same person who would be, you know, guiding you and say, you go in this direction, make sure you get this task done. And that's more of a coach task. But then because you've built this relationship, they're still able to sit down with you and have these reflections and say, how did you experience that? And merge it with their own experiences or their own expertise in that particular field. So the mentee-mentor relationship depends on how you set it. There are some that are much more formal. You know, I, I'm sure you've heard or seen some of these where they advertise and say, we're looking for mentors, we're looking for mentees. I had a similar experience and they match you with somebody and you have a structured way that you meet and structured discussions. But it could be sometimes that it would become an even it becomes even a personal relationship where you ask about how this person is doing in their personal life. Because believe it or not, somebody's career is also affected by their personal life. What's happening in their immediate, you know, life, their relationships, their finances, you know, you name it. So that kind of relationship is, I think is determined firstly on how you set it up and also what exactly you want to get out of it. Sometimes it's like, okay, I just want three months with somebody who can shape me in this direction or help me in this direction. And sometimes you'll be like, okay, let me just have this person who I look up to speak to them and get those experiences from them and feed it into my own. Okay. And, mm -hmm. and career lessons? Career lessons. Um, so with the career lessons, the first one, like I told you, is having this person who you can always relate to because like life is a cycle and all these experiences that we've had have happened before. Um, another one of the experiences I can share is not to be afraid of failure. Um, I'm a perfectionist. I think before we started the conversation, I told you that. And it's, it's a very tough thing for a perfectionist to fail. 
and it's a, a learning curve. I can, I can tell you now that I'm still learning how to look at failure in a positive way because failure is a point where you learn, you know, if you did it in a certain way and it didn't work, it shouldn't be that you look at the fact that it didn't work, but at the fact that, oh, so it, it means I can do it differently. You look at it from a point of, I know that I can do it differently from the way I did it before. Yeah. Okay. And, um, we talked about the fact that, you know, you are a female in this field, which is mostly regarded as male dominated. Mm -hmm. Okay. What, what is the rate of success or failure like for female engineers in Zambia? Mm. The rate of failure or success, um, I think maybe let me start from speaking about it from, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 years ago. You know, it would be that you go to a science class. Even we can bring it back to the university here, University of Zambia. Um, I've interacted with people who were there during that time. And, you know, there were share experiences where they would say that it was literally almost non-existent to find females in those classes. If they were there, maybe it would be one or two. And, you know, as you would go, you'd see that maybe they would fall out or they would, I don't know, get married or, you know, they just say, you know what, I can't do this anymore. But as we've gone through the years, you know, I, I finished my school in 20, when did I finish? I finished in 2017. Yeah. I finished high school in 2010, but my university in 2017. So even, um, as I was going through my course, we were about seven or so females. So you get to see that the success rate of actually completing is slowly, steadily, but surely increasing. Of course, it's not an ex exponential increase, but I think the fact that we are seeing some sort of changes is something that we can always just, you know, look at and be like, okay, we're, we're getting somewhere. We're going in the right direction where we are promoting more women to get into this field or encouraging them and supporting that they can actually get it done. The other thing I wanted us to talk about mm. um, was purpose. Yeah. Um, purpose is something that everyone has an idea about, but not everyone understands it. Yeah. How do you define purpose? Wow. You know, the way that you've said it, honestly, is, is really what it is. It's very difficult to give one de definition of purpose. But I look at it as understanding why you're here. You know, that is really, if we have to put it in the simplest terms, why am I here? Like, what am I doing on earth? Because I believe that each one of us has been created with unique talents, unique skills that we need to leave on earth and that we need to use to be impactful. I mean, I want to believe, Sui, that as you sit here making this podcast, you feel like you're living in your purpose. I'm, I'm, I'm presenting information and experiences from people that will help other people grow. You know, that's something that you can say is purposeful. It's not just something that's benefiting you, but somebody else is watching this and they look at it and they say, wow, this is helpful for me. So that for me is how I define purpose. What, what, what am I doing here? You know, and answering that question is really difficult. It can take years. Some people unfortunately don't get to answer that question for themselves, but it's still an important question to ask. And it's still an important question to ponder over until you find, you know, the answer to it, until you find that fulfillment, when you speak and say, this is my purpose and you feel as a certain piece about knowing that it is your purpose. And you know, the, the, the good thing, I don't know if I should say the good thing or the ironic thing about living or walking in your purpose is that everything that you do seems to start to align when you are in your purpose. It starts to flow. It's literally like you open a floodgate, you know, and everything just starts to pour out when you're living in your purpose, when you realize that I need to do this. I need to be this type of person. And sometimes people mistake purpose for, you know, being, I don't know, famous or grand. It's, it doesn't have to have that attachment to it. What's important about purpose is what impact are you leaving to somebody else? What impact are you giving back to your immediate community, your family, your friends, you know? So it goes beyond or the thought of purpose should not be centered around fame or centered around publicity, but more about how impactful and how intentional you are 
to other people. How do I find my purpose? First things first is that you need to realize that you have a purpose. You know, once you realize that, okay, I am here for something, that would be the first question or the first realization. The second would be then to ask, what am I here for? And somebody told me, um, and I read it actually, so I think it's pretty accurate. It's something that I would advise is, you know, when you, when you're living, going through your day-to-day life, you know, sometimes there are certain things in society, there are certain things in um, our communities, in our churches, you name it that just drive you crazy, you know, like, why is this happening this way? Why do people have to think in a certain way? Why is this not this, you know, when you find yourself asking certain questions in a certain space, it might be not that it is, it might be that that's where your purpose lies. You know, a case in example, I, I decided to take on this engineering, you know, and for the longest time, you know, you'd hear Hmm, this is for boys. Are you sure you want to do it? You're going to fail. You know, those are the, that's the feedback I got when I told people around me that I want to do engineering. But then I started to think, but why, why is it just for boys? Why, why do people just talk about it as this is a, a program or a course that should be done by boys? Why, why I'm a female and I want to do this. I want to, I want to understand what it's about. I want to give back into this space So I went ahead and did it. And I think that's how I found myself in this particular position where I want to speak more openly about it and encourage the generation that's, you know, coming that it doesn't have to be that it's out there known that this is a male door. This is a male field. Even women can be engineers in their own capacity. Even women can study that. They need to just put their minds to it. Once you decide and say, look, this is what I want to be. And this is where I feel my purpose lies. I don't think there should be anything that's stopping you. There's another thing they say that um, nothing just happens. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, you have to be intentional Mm -hmm. about your goals, intentional about where you want to be. Yeah. Um, And for most people, they lack intention. Mm -hmm. And they're just costing. Whatever happens, happens. Mm-hmm. Ask people, and I've said this before, even on this podcast, mm. there are some people, ask them, oh, so what are your goals in the next six months? They don't know. Uh, yeah. Can we meet on the 17th of June? Uh, are you free on that day? They have no idea. They mm. say, ah, in fact, it's too far. Just ask me two days before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because th- there is no intention attached to your life. Right. Things just happen. You're either putting out fires or you're dealing with that. Mm, you mm. don't have that that level of being deliberate. Yeah. Okay. How does someone develop the idea of being intentional? Mm-hmm. Where if I know where my life is going to be, mm-hmm. I know that, look, I'm going to Kitwe. Being intentional means the direction is clear. Mm-hmm. But if I am not intentional, I don't know where I'm going. Yeah. I'll be in Chongwe and it's okay. Meanwhile, I'm supposed to be heading to the copper belt. Exactly. How do I develop the idea of being intentional? Of being intentional. Yeah. So for me, what I feel is that it starts from understanding um, just from what we spoke about asking yourself, what am I, what am I doing here? You know, I think when you, when you gain the courage to navigate answering that question, because it's a really big question. It might sound like a few words as we chat right now. But when you really give it some deep thought, it's it's a lot to answer. And I think it's a very good starting point. And when you realize what you are doing here, or at least start to have some sort of idea, you know, it starts to even guide your actions. You know, when I know that, OK, Angie is an engineer and she really wants to you know, support young female engineers. She wants to speak about how it is possible. She wants to use herself as an example to other young girls that, you know, you can be an engineer, you can speak about your experiences and so on. It literally helps you align all your thoughts. You know, who do I need to speak to, to spread this message? Who do I need to interact with to get closer to being that person to help somebody else? So I feel like it's a very, very strong anchor to answer that question, or at least start to navigate answering that question. Because in answering that, you start to align all your activities, all your actions, all your thoughts to that particular purpose. And with that, you get to be more intentional in your actions, intentional in what you say, intentional in who you speak to, intentional in your interactions. So the starting point for me is there. And of course, um, 
getting further down being intentional um i think you lightly spoke about it spoke about it is setting goals so we like i'm a chronic planner like every single day of my life is planned like with time frames like i'm going to wake up at this time i'm going to do this i'm going to go here i'm going to go there and i'm going to spend this amount of time on this particular activity maybe that's a bit extra i don't <laughs> i'm not saying somebody should do that but setting goals is also very important you know what where do you want to be you know at a certain point you know and someone would argue to say that no maybe it's 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 um it's too much to plan because there's so many uncertainties that's true but that doesn't mean you shouldn't set your goals that doesn't mean you still shouldn't have an idea of where you want to be because it's those it's that particular uh goal that is also going to keep you intentional yeah so if i know that i want to be the case that you gave i want to be in the copper belt on the 17th of june okay so what do i need to do before that or if i need to save money for my bus ride or for my flights how do i do that so that's you being intentional about that goal so the goal actually is the one that keeps you you know within a pr- uh, a certain frame where you are intentional to achieve a particular goal so for me i think those two are very cardinal and they have actually also helped me you know become be where i am right now be intentional about what i'm doing because i have a goal i ha- i know where i want to be i know what i want to do i know what impact i want to leave so because of that i align who i'm speaking to what i'm doing where i find myself to be intentional to meet that goal how do i manage my being intentional in a world that is full of distractions mm. like i know where i want to go but then <laughs> Before I even tie my shoelaces, yeah. something's come up this side. I need and to be decided. Mm. Not just that, but then also, you know, I think where circles matter. Mm. I have intention about where I want to go. But my friends, like they just live, oh, like birds, fly this side, fly that side. <laughs> they're all over the place. And yeah. in a circle of 10 colleagues, I am yeah. the only one who's intentional. And before yeah. I realize it, I also fall off. How mm. do I m- maintain that? and not allow distractions to derail me from mm. the goal I set for myself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That one is is a very strong um uh point where you have to come back to yourself, okay? So what I mean is um you're surrounded with everything and everyone, right? And you're this person who wants to be intentional, you've set your goals and you really want to get there. So I would I would say that something for me that has worked is number 1 to spend some alone time, okay? Always have a moment where you just detach from everything and everyone. You know, sometimes someone would look at it as, "Ah, you you know, you just want to be alone. It's a bit selfish. Want you with other people." Yeah, but the flip side of it is, look, this is the time that I use to reflect on where I am in relation to my goal. How intentional have I been to achieving my goal? How intentional have I been to living in my purpose? You know, so that withdrawal from everything is very important. And I feel like everyone needs that. And you're right, you know, we are surrounded with social media. That's also another thing that's loaded with a lot of information. They're always giving, giving, giving friends, sometimes even family you know? So just that alone time, detach yourself from everything and just have a moment very often, you know, I I can't dictate how long or how often, but try and make it something that's regular in your schedule to say, I need to detach and just see where I am, evaluate myself. Because the beauty about evaluating yourself is that you won't lie to yourself. That is impossible you can't you can't con yourself you know so having that alone time is very important and then also um from a spiritual perspective i'm christian um also prayer is important you know spending time understanding um how to align yourself with um the word of god aligning yourself to what is written in there because that gives you grounding all right and even as you're being intentional to, to, towards a goal, you need to be grounded and you need to have your anchor very firm. Because if it's not firm, all these things that you've mentioned, Sui, friends, social media, family, you name it, they'll just blow you away. They'll toss you left, right and center. So you need to have that grounding as well. And for me, I anchor that grounding, of course, in this meditation, spending a long time and also spending time in the word of God. 
What does it say about my career? What does it say about um, growing? What does it say about growth? What does it say about being focused and having vision? And you think about that. You, you, you attach yourself to that word and apply it to your life. Mm. How would you say you've been intentional about your career? Right. So how have I been intentional? So first things first, I must mention to you that, um, bringing it, bringing us back to where, you know, I mentioned that, um, I've had people around me, you know, who have also given into me, who have fed their wisdom, their experiences into me. That is something that's very important that I want us to hold on to. And how it relates to me being intentional is when, you know, I have these conversations, when I have these experiences, it helps me um, visualize exactly where I want to be, or it helped me and actually still does. It helps me visualize where I want to be. And it makes, it helps me to make these very big decisions because in being intentional also comes decision-making. And as you make a decision, you need to realize that there's consequences for your decision both good and bad. And you need to be able to live with those consequences. You need to be able to manage those consequences. So as I have been intentional, I've had to make decisions. Um, sometimes friends had to fall off. Sometimes job opportunities had to be put on the side. Like, no, this is not the time for me to do this. Sometimes certain opportunities had to be put, you know, on the side to say, no, no, no. If I do this, the consequences might be ABC and it won't get me closer to what my intended goal is. So decision-making also becomes very critical as you're being intentional. And um, it has been critical even as I have been intentional. So one um, thing I can point out career-wise where I can say I've been intentional is within, you know, the space that I've been. Like I mentioned to you, civil engineering is so broad. So like you can be in so many places as a civil engineer. So when I finished school, um, I was thinking, okay, how do I, what do I do next? You know, like, where do I specialize? Where do I focus my skills, my knowledge that I've gained? And from speaking with, you know, the people that are around me, I'm like, guys, I've finished my civil engineering. You know, I'm seeing a lot of people getting into this space before when I just finished school, it was either in the roads sector or in construction. Like those are the two really booming sectors. And I felt, hmm, maybe let me go there because, you know, I need to earn a living. You know, that was, that was my thought pattern then. But then interacting with different people within my family, within my space, and they encouraged me like, Ange, environmental engineering or the space of the environment is something that is cardinal, you know, and they would give me all these ideas and I would read about it and try to understand what exactly is this space. So, you know, you read about it, you get to understand it and you get to realize that it's something that is even bigger. I got to realize that it's something that's even bigger than who I am. How am I going to, how am I going to feed into, um, making my environment better, improving the systems that are within my own space, my country, you know, how am I going to feed into national development? Those are things that, you know, started going through my mind. How am I going to contribute to making my country a better place because ultimately this all, all these questions stemmed from a goal that I had set, you know, as I have been growing in my career. So that comes back to how these processes are kind of interlinked. You need to have a goal. What do I want to be? Understand your purpose. Why am I here? So when I got to that point, I started asking myself these questions and that thought process is what now makes me, you made me get to a point to say, look, I think getting into this field is going to open me up to be um, a change maker. I'm going to contribute to something larger than who I am. And that will help me fulfill my purpose. That will help me, that will give me fulfillment to know that this skill I've learned is not just, you know, on the shelf somewhere, but it's actually giving back and contributing to something larger than me. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, the, the idea of being intentional, um, being deliberate mm. also goes, um, hand in glove with priorities. Yeah. Some people are very busy doing something they should not be doing. Mm. Meanwhile, the actual thing you should be doing is suffering because you failed to prioritize. Mm. How, how, how does one set priorities and stick to those priorities where I know to say, look, if I'm in a job, 
my my KPAs are my priorities. Mm, okay. Yeah. No matter how well I do here, exactly. it doesn't matter because it's not part of your yeah. indicators. Yeah. How do I prioritize what has to be prioritized? Mm. It's a very hard thing to be honest, Sui, because like you've said, sometimes you, you, you even know that, okay, I need to do this, but then you're like, but this thing is, you know, going to maybe in most cases, it's going to make me more money or it's going to, you know, get me by. It's a very hard thing to do. And, um, it takes a lot of practice to learn how to prioritize. Um, I can, um, I can, I can relate it to work, you know, um, I'm working at at an NGO. I'm a project manager there. And what happens is that, you know, you have a list of activities, project activities, and sometimes some can run parallel to each other and some have to happen before the other does. So knowing which ones should happen first, obviously comes with a certain time frame that you have within a project, right? So, you know, my project is running from year one to year three. And by year three, I should have done ABC. So you already have this foresight of what needs to be done by the end of the project. And that brings me to one thing that I would say is important to prioritize is having foresight. So if I do this particular thing, what is the outcome of it or what consequence or what effect does it have for the overall period that I have? You get what I mean? eh? So Having that foresight is firstly very important. It's one, you can't start setting priorities if you don't have where you're going, if you haven't set the boundary. Similar to um, how people, you know, would set new year resolutions. You know that the new year resolutions is for probably the year. So what am I doing within the different periods of the year? And what do I want at the end of the year? So when you understand that, then you start to say, okay, in quarter one, I'll make sure that I... Uh, get more, um, I don't know, get more people on my podcast or I'll make sure that I have a particular group of people. Maybe you're now interested in engineers. Maybe, you know, you're having fun now. So you have more engineers. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like, okay, I want more engineers on my podcast. So you, you have that um, target that you want at the end of a certain period. Then you start to prioritize, you know, like, okay, who am I going to speak to? Who am I going, who am I going to give preference over, you know, maybe if, your maps is here and Angie's here. Who am I going to give preference? Because you've set that target. You've set that goal. So even priorities um, come about because there's somewhere where you want to be. You know, there's somewhere where you have said to say, I want to go there. I want to be this. I want to achieve this particular goal. So my decisions and how I prioritize them, which one comes over the other is determined by that particular place that you want to be. So even for me, as I've been navigating my career, um, I've had different opportunities that have come my way and I've had to, you know, like not give them priority or not give them so much focus because it's not getting me where I want to be. So you find yourself looking at the bigger picture, you know, having that foresight to say, if I leave this now, it's fine because where I want to be, if I don't prioritize this, then it won't get me there. Mm. Okay. Um, in relation to your career, mm-hmm. what can you point at and say one, two, three, four, those were intentional career decisions I made. Mm-hmm. So number one, the intentional decision, career decision that I made was to get into, um, the water and sanitation space. That was very intentional. It wasn't just, Oh, there's a job and oh, I start working. I, decided on it. And I knew because I saw what put, what I could do within this space. So that's one example I can give. Another one is the people that I, um, I, that I anchor myself to. So people who I look up to people who I'm conversating with, you know, that's also very intentional. When I go to workshops, meetings, I, you know, scan the room or I, I, I assess who is this person? What have they done? Um, what, who are they, you know? And when I, when I realize that they align with the path that I want to take, I'm very intentional. I'll be like calling and messaging. Hello, can we meet? Can we do this? Because I know that there's something that I can learn from there, you know? So that's another very intentional thing. Who am I surrounding myself with? Mm. Okay. So I'm intentional. I am deliberate. I 
know my purpose. What would you say are the benefits of having all these things in place where you mm-hmm. know you, what your purpose is? Mm-hmm. You're intentional about it. You mm-hmm. Nothing just happens for you. Everything is happening because you've deliberately designed it that way. Mm-hmm. What benefits accrue to people like that? The benefits are numerous. And I think I'll try and speak about it in relation to myself. What benefits have I seen so far? I know there's so many more that I'll experience, but I'll speak of the ones that I have experienced so far. The first being that it gives you so much joy. It's effortless what you're doing, you know? So even as I'm waking up to go to work, even as I'm preparing to be here on this podcast, it's it's such a joy to go through that process. So, and and the reason I speak about it, it might not be um, in line with like any career specific um, topic or anything like that, but the fact that you have the joy, so we, you also perform, you know, when you're, when you're at peace, when you have a certain level of contentment, you perform at your best. You know what I mean? Hey, so when you work, when you have all this combination, you know, you know, your purpose, you're intentional about what you're doing. There's a certain joy that you exude and that's a powerful tool even to perform. So in as much as you're having this particular persona or this particular ambience around you, you, it, it spills over into your performance. And because of that, you, you outperform, you make sure that, you know, you go all out to do a particular task or to perform a particular role or give a particular service. That's one thing for me. And the other thing is it gives a sense of fulfillment, you know, to know that, um, there's something that you're doing that's bigger than who you are. So I'm an engineer, I'm, you know, working in the project management space. And I know that deep down at the core of who I am, I want to speak more about women in STEM, women in the science fields, engineering fields. And doing that, you know, gives me fulfillment to know that, yes, I've learned, I've garnered this knowledge, I've garnered these skills, and they're just not for me to boast about or to, to, to show that I know, or I don't know certain things, but it can be passed on, you know, and that's, that sense of fulfillment is, um, it's a powerful tool as well. And it's powerful in the sense that you not only help somebody go through a particular phase in their life, but you also contribute to something larger than, you know, just that person, because in doing that, you know, you have this, this impact, you have a space where people can always make reference. You leave a mark, you know? Yeah. How do you think we can get more women in, in science? How do we get more women in engineering? First things first, I think we need to start talking about it a bit more than we do. You know, I think that's the, 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 the basics about it. Let's talk about it. Let's interact you know, let's, let's not, you know, alienate this topic of women engineering and be more open about the fact that it is possible. You know, we, we need to normalize calling females engineers and appreciating and acknowledging that particular skill that they get. Secondly, um, uh, having people who you look up to, so is very important, you know, how do we get more of these People need to know that it has been done. Like I told you, life is a cycle. It has been done. So it's not impossible. And when somebody else sees that it is possible, that it has been done before, I feel like that is also a drive. It's a point where people can say, look, somebody did it. So I think I can do it too. Yeah, that's that's for me what I feel is is two ways. I mean, there's so many other ways we can speak about, but these two, I feel if are amplified and if they're strengthened the others would really just fall down like dominoes and it would be like a ripple effect okay mm. i was at the the engineering conference in livingstone mm. uh, well, well, i wasn't attending but because zim was also at the same hotel mm. as mm. the eiz i met these two engineers i think one of them was from uh, ria the mm-hmm. uh, electrification authority mm-hmm. um and it was good seeing you know women you know also adding their voice to, yeah. to, the, to the sector which which I feel is good. Um, like I said, more work has to be done. Mm-hmm. And I want to believe more work is being done. Yeah. So we, we, we'll see more Angelas, obviously, in the future. Yes. <laughs> Everything we've talked about, um, intentionality, purpose, and all these things, all come down to an issue of choices. Mm. And most people have fallen. Mm. 
mm-hmm. because they've made bad choices. True. We're faced with choices every day. Even people who are unemployed are thinking, which company should I apply for? Should I apply exactly. here? Should I apply there? If you have two offers, should I accept this offer? Should I not accept this offer? Exactly. If it's a business person, should I invest here? Should I divest? Should I leave this? Should I should I employ this person? And this, what, what do you think is the secret to making good choices? Mm. So choices, choices, choices. You're right. Every We're making choices all the time. I'm thinking about what to say right now. You know, that's a choice. You know, me coming here, that's a choice. So making good choices. So that's a tough one, eh? Um, we all have choices to make. And I think making good choices all ties down to what exactly is going to come out from this particular choice, right? And it brings us back to, you know, the beginning of our conversation. Purpose, you know, why why am I here? Asking yourself that question and having that understanding will also help you make the choices that help you get closer to living in your purpose. So whether it's a good or bad choice is really at the end of the day up to the person making the choice. And the good choices I feel and I believe are very much aligned to what your purpose is, what you understand your being here is for, you know? So I can give you, you know, you're speaking about the EIZ. Um, I was there too, and it was a choice I needed to make. Um, I had to, I had to self-sponsor because um, within my company regulations, it wasn't allowable for me to go. So I had to do it myself. And I was thinking, hmm, is this, is this going to be worth the, you know, the event? Is it going to be worth me going there? And I had to make that choice because I knew what my purpose is. I knew what I want to do. I knew why I'm going there, you know? And you mentioned that you got to interact with some female engineers. There was, there were so many of them. And there's actually like a Zambia women engineering section within the EIZ and it was a good platform. So all those are the choices that, you know, you start thinking about, I'm going to interact with more women engineering. I'm going to see what spaces they're in. I'm going to understand what they're doing, how I can tap into what they're doing, because there's so many of them, brilliant um, engineers who've gone before me. So those choices that you make, I think are very much tied to your purpose, very much tied to your understanding of why you're here. What are you, what do you want to do? What do you want to achieve? And the choices that you make almost align to that because it's not, it doesn't make sense. You know, like I speak to you and I tell you that, okay, I want to be more impactful as a woman in engineering, but then I don't go to attend events like that. Then what am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. From, from, from what I gather from what you're saying, I think you, you, you made reference um, to purpose mm. and that's why I feel like the, 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 the process of making a choice is difficult if you have no purpose. Exactly. Because anything goes. It's like that thing exactly. where I meet you mm. and you tell me, Sui, um, I am lost. I'm asking for directions. My first question is going to be, where are you going? Where are you going? If yep. you don't know, you may just as well go anywhere, you know? So just I feel like if there's no purpose, out. any choice is okay. It works. Because there's no yeah. go at the end of it. Exactly. You know? and, and, and I get that. Very but true. then also along the way, mm. There is this issue of disappointment. Mm-hmm. There's the issue of failure. Um, yeah. Some people just feel that they're not inad- they're like they're not adequate. Mm-hmm. They've got this inadequacies that they have to deal with on a daily basis. I'm yeah. not good enough. Yeah. Um, others have got imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I feel like it must be very common, especially maybe to people in your field mm-hmm. where you feel like a man should be doing this. I'm not good enough. I'll make a mistake. You want to take the back seat. You don't want to lead because mm-hmm. you're not very sure of yourself your, yeah. and your capabilities and whatnot. Yeah. Have you ever experienced that and how, how have you dealt with it? Yes. Um, so we, the experience happens a lot. Um, dealing with disappointment, dealing with failure. Um, like you've said, you know, this imposter syndrome, it does happen. And it's, it's difficult to run away from, you know, and, um, especially failure. And like I told you, like it takes a lot, it's a lot of practice to look at failure in a different way or to look at disappointment in a different way. And one way for me that I deal with disappointment, like I mentioned to you before is I literally have to be so conscious to say, look, Ange, it's failed but it's not the end of the world. Okay. It's failed. And what caused it to fail? You know, these are the questions you start asking yourself, what caused it to fail? 
okay, I did this this way, so I have to do it differently or let me try and do it the other way and see if it fails again or if it works. So getting into that space to accept failure as a normal process in life, as a normal process in anyone's career. Sometimes you fall, sometimes you stumble. Sometimes, you know, you don't get to where you want to be the way you wanted to get there. So it's getting to that point, realizing that it is normal. It's a normal process and it has to be a part of, you know, getting to where you want to be, living in your purpose. Failure is part of living in your purpose. And it's from these failures that you get to realize, oh, this is actually how it should be done. This is actually how we should navigate it. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and the other thing that's very important in all of this is the idea around one's mental health. Mm-hmm. And I feel like mental health now is sort of like a buzzword. Yeah. Um, everybody's talking about mental health, mental health, but mm-hmm. some people don't really know exactly what, what really is that mental health. Yeah. In all of this, your work, your level of busy, how, how do you keep your mental health in check? Yeah. Mental health is, it's, it's a real thing. Eh? Cause even I feel like I'm struggling with my mental mm. health. I think I'm doing too many things. <laughs> you know. You're losing it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a real thing. Uh, no lie about it. And it's something that, you know, you just can't ignore. One thing for me that, um, I, I think I've, I've only recently felt like I'm getting better at it is firstly, um, kind of like becoming a spectator of your thoughts, right? So there's all this happening. Your mind is telling you certain things. Your mind is convincing you what is right and what is wrong and what you should do and what you shouldn't do. People are even amplifying these things by telling you, you know, it's just a whole lot going on. You've got a whole list of things that you need to do. You don't know where to start. So, you know, you take a step back and actually become a spectator of all these thoughts, you know, like just be like, okay, everything is there. Let's start looking at it one at a time and without me being in it. Because once you're in those thoughts, once you attach yourself to whatever um, ideas or whatever um, space that you're in, it's very difficult to be objective. You know, it's very difficult to try and understand how best do I navigate this? And it's very difficult. So we like, it's taken me years and years to even just try and be like, okay, detach yourself, Angie, what is going on? And how can you navigate this particular thing? Be it stress from work, you know, be it um, stress from friends. Sometimes friends are so stressful. (laughs) Be it stress from friends, Um, be it stress from family, be it, you know, trying to understand where do I go? Which direction should I take at this point? Detaching yourself from there and trying to recalibrate and looking at it, being objective, obviously from the things that are factual, what is my purpose? What do I want to do? Where do I want to be? You know, you anchor yourself to that and look at the situation and try to be objective over what is happening. And of course, then it comes back to these choices. You make a decision on what you want to do from that point. And sometimes that's where even the gap is felt the most, because sometimes the choices are not what emotionally you would want to do or what logically you think should happen. And you, you, you tend to struggle to make a choice. For example, you're like, maybe it's a stressful friend and you're like, okay, I really know I need to cut this person off. But then, you know, you've built a relationship. This person maybe is really fun to be around. They give you a, they, they make you feel a certain way. So they're filling a certain gap, which you feel cannot be filled by something or somebody else. So you struggle now making the choice to say, I need to cut this person off because this is going to help me, you know, be more sane, you know, keep me aligned to where I want to be. So that also becomes like another gap that needs to be, you know, um, another hurdle, maybe I could say that needs to be uh, jumped over to deal or to help you at least manage your mental health. Another thing, Sui, is talking to people. It's so important. Even this, you know, for me is, you know, it's therapeutic. therapeutic. Like we should do this for hours. (laughs) It's so therapeutic to just talk about it because sometimes when you hear yourself say it and you hear it from somebody else as well, you get to think of it in a different light. You get to analyze it from a different angle, even just, you know, at work, you know, I have a colleague of mine and sometimes we would, I would be stuck and I'm thinking, how do I go about this? This is really stressing me out and I'll share it. 
And, you know, they would give feedback to say, no, Ange, have you thought of this? Or why? Or sometimes it's even just a simple question of why are you trying to do it like that? You know, what's the rationale behind you wanting to do it like that? And you start answering these questions and you get to realize, oh, I can actually either think of it differently or, oh, I can actually do it this way. Maybe still aligned with the way I thought it should be, but my mind has opened up, you know? So it's, it's very important to have those moments to just deal with your mental health because it, it really can take a toll on you. I hope you're dealing with your mental health, Sui. Uh, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. I'm sort of living with chance, but I, but I, 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 I hope you think the Make the right choices, Sui. Uh, I hope you think the other way. <laughs> 10 years from now, mm. what, what would you say you want to be known for? I want to be known as the, I know you don't like to hear it, but the female engineer. I want to be known as the female engineer who helped the younger generation embrace engineering as a tool for national development. I want to be known as the person who gave all that she could to the next generation for the betterment, not only of that individual person, but for really everyone around them. I want to be known as somebody who, as, as the person, you know, even aside from engineering, who was compassionate to understand that mental health is real, that challenges in life are real and help the people, help one, two, three people get through that, get through that space, be a mentor to somebody, be a friend to somebody, coach somebody through, you know, their career and get them to a place where they feel that they have the ability to also make a change for somebody and also for their country. Because at the end of the day, Sui, I'm, I'm very patriotic. I love my country so much and who I am. I, I always feel like I want to give back. How can I, how in my capacity as an engineer, how can I give back? You know, I'm one person, but in, in my unit as a, as one human being, how can I do more not only for myself, not only for my neighbor, but for my country as well. How can I be more impactful? And that's what I want to be known for. That's, that's who I want people to remember when they hear the name Engineer Angela. I know you, you're young or you strike me as young. Mm. Um, what strike advice? you. <laughs> I mean, you look young. No, I'm, I'm, I'm asking because you, you, like based on the words you've used in the conversation, mm. like you, you seem to have come a long way. You get a point. Like, yeah, as I'm saying, strike me as young. Yeah. Um, what advice would you give to your younger self? Five things. If you were to advise yourself, five mm. things to your younger self, let's mm. say your 20 year old, or 25 year old vision of Angela mm. looking back. And also as you look back, mm -hmm. look at also those who are in the now, also, the thing I've come to learn is someone always tells me, Sui, never always talk to people like young people. Even older people still learn. What <laughs> advice would you give? Five things <laughs> to your younger self. Yeah, very true. Learning is ongoing. So five things. Let me see. I'll, let, me, let me try and categorize it. So I'd say maybe advice on life, advice on love, advice on careers, and... Um, Advice on intention. Maybe let's put it in these four categories. So advice on life. Um, I would say that my advice would be like, guys, we shouldn't stress. What, like, what is happening now has happened before. And we need to be comfortable. We need to get to a place where we normalize talking to each other. We normalize tapping into the knowledge and wisdom that has gone before us. Right? That's advice that I would give to my younger self. Have somebody who you look up to and be, be free to express yourself. Be free to express what you're going through and be open to receiving that wisdom, receiving that experience. Advice on love to my younger self. Allow yourself to know yourself. All right. Don't rush into these Vama love, as they call it, <laughs> you know, allow yourself to really know who you are because it's in knowing who you are that you give the best of who you are. All right. So don't rush into it. Don't feel pressured into it. Allow yourself to get to know who you are, because that is when you give yourself, um, uh, in the best way. Then with career, um, Tap into your interests. Don't ignore your interests. It always comes back. You know, if you, 
find yourself interested in tech and then you go and do something that's very parallel to tech, trust me, you're going to find yourself back there. So allow, allow yourself to explore within your interests because that is most likely where you're going to have an impact. That is most likely where you're going to feel fulfilled. That is most likely where you're going to understand what your purpose is. So allow yourself to walk within your, your boundaries of interest, not to say that you shouldn't learn other skills. That's, that's not a problem. I would want to learn more about media, you know, but that's not where my main interest is. It would be good to know, but my interest is okay. So even this little, it's so amazing, by the way, how does it work? How did they make it? How, how small is that little hole for the sun to pass? How come it's, I'm guessing 25 minutes or whatever. That's where my interest is. So make sure that you walk within those boundaries because that's where most likely your purpose is. Um, what was the last one I said? I forgot. Intention? <laughs> yes, intention. Yeah. So my advice on intention is you always have to know, you always have to answer that question. Why am I here? <clears throat> Don't be afraid to answer that question. Don't be afraid to get into your mind. A lot of people are afraid to just navigate their thoughts, you know, because it's, it's a lot that goes through our minds. So a lot of people are so afraid to just think about everything they're thinking about or just scan their minds and see what, am I, what, what is going on in my head. So don't be afraid to do that as a young person. Ask yourself those questions because it's from answering those questions that you have purpose, that you understand your purpose. And when you understand your purpose, you're intentional about what you're doing. And when you're intentional, you make the right decisions and your choices align to be in your purpose. All right. Yeah. Where, where can people find you on social media? Are you, are you there? Yes. So I am on social media. I have a Facebook page, Inge Angela Kapembwa, E-N-G dot Angela Kapembwa. Um, that's my Facebook handle. I'm also on Instagram, but my Instagram handle is different. It's Mwila Angela. And or, I'm also not an engineer, just like a yeah. I'm just trying to try to keep it, you know, laid cash, back. Cash. But yeah, I think <laughs> the agenda is the same. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then also on LinkedIn, I'm there as well. Um, that's Angela Kapemwa. So the engineer so, is on Facebook. On yeah, should I put it on all the platforms? What do you think? I, mean, I believe in consistency. As as a marketing yeah. person, maybe give me some marketing Look, advice. Um, so, <laughs> so so what I've come to learn is some people want to be different people on different platforms. Mm, you get mm. the point, right? Um, so you find the same person cracking jokes on Facebook or LinkedIn, very serious. Mm. Always in a suit, wasn't one like that. Because, you, you know, mean. you're talking to a different audience there. Yeah. But then again, I'm thinking for you who wants to preach a message on engineering, mm -hmm. I should not miss out just because I'm on Instagram. Mm. You get mm. the point, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like you, you can still do both. I mean, yeah. also you want to show kids engineering is cool. Exactly. Like Sweet. I can be engineer, like my handle on Instagram can be engineer Kapembo and oh, it's a real, I'm, you know, out there, you yeah. know, living my life. Yeah. And I'm still the engineer. <laughs> get point. I love that. Yeah. I love so that. From, yeah. So yeah, it's up to you at the end of the mm -hmm. day, but you know, I'm just trying to, you know. No, you're the marketing much. guru. I'm taking that advice. <laughs> Trust me. So we're changing oh. all the handles. So find me on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Inge Angela Kapembo. And I'll be a cool engineer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and for, for me, that's the whole idea, you know. It's, the whole idea is you want to make it look cool. Mm -hmm. uh, I was talking to Dixon Jerry at that time he was here, and he was saying, look, when I was in Stenhouse, we struggled to mm. put the president on Facebook. Mm. But when we realized it was too late, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Also, people like to, when I feel like this career is limiting, it's too serious, I'm like, mm -mm, this I don't want to be there, yeah. But when I see, ah, but engineer Angela is cool, she's doing reels on Instagram, she's exactly. dancing to this latest challenge and yeah. whatnot, meaning engineering doesn't foster your head and the only thing you think about is no, <laughs> maspana and whatnot. Because, yeah. yeah, and that's how, yeah. I, I feel like that's how we market careers. Yeah. Sui, I'm so glad you actually brought that up. You know, um, I could even use that or I could even um, say that that's something else that I would want to bring out even to the younger generations. Cause you know, so we, if you compare our parents and you know, like I could say our kids, they're totally different generation, their thought patterns, their worldviews, you name it. But at the same time in their differences, I believe that there's still so much that can come from our parents that can complement and even reinforce what, you know, the next generation think, feel, believe, and perceive. So even as an engineer, you know, I, I, I don't want engineering to be seen as, you know, firstly a male dominated or, you know, you can't have nice hair on or you can't put on your makeup and you can't put on heels or you can't go and, you know, have a good time. Like the way you say it, have a dance challenge. That's not what it is. You're still who you are. You can still be 
who you are, you know, an outgoing person or whatever kind of personality you have and still be this awesome, amazing, mind-blowing engineer. So that's mm. something that I would also want to use, you know, that's something I would want to be remembered for. Like, okay, engineer Angela was cool. You know what I mean? Yeah, she would. Whole idea. Yeah. When, when something happens and it's strange, it draws a lot of attention. I'll give you an mm. example. If the president did a TikTok challenge <laughs> and your maps did a TikTok challenge, the president will get more views because mm-hmm. it's unusual. Like, mm, I want to see like, that. What? I, I want to see that. <laughs> I think the president should do a TikTok yeah, challenge. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, people are like, oh, hey, did he do it? Did he do it? Yeah. But your mom's like, yeah, I expect him to do it. It's you know, supposed to happen, so even yeah. With your field, there's a lot that we don't expect. Engineers seem to be very mm. serious, you know, with those blue jackets, <laughs> with those green logos of theirs for EIZ and whatnot. And yeah. They look like they've got no, no life, you know. And that's why most people make the decision to go and do locals. Lawyers mm. are cool, you know. They're cool, they all and, and how, come, how come engineers have got no TV series? Doctors <laughs> have got TV series. I know they're a good know. doctor. I know, is it Grey's Anatomy? Lawyers mm. have suits. Engineers are just dry. There's like, there's so much opportunity. You know what? Maybe let's start something. Let's talk behind the scenes. I'm making this business idea. It's up to you now to implement it. But yeah. And for me, you know, I would even want to take it a notch further and be very specific. Like I told you, I'm in the wash space, water sanitation and hygiene. And so we like... When you speak about water sanitation and hygiene, it's like so flat. You know what I mean? Like they don't, I don't know, they don't make it exciting and they don't make it interesting because this is such a fundamental part of our society. Most people there are old. That's a problem. <laughs> the directors, how old are they? The average age. And that tells you something, you know? It yeah. tells you something. So yeah. you've been a good sport. Thank you for coming to the podcast. Um, Thank you, Sui. We, we should have had, had this conversation way earlier than today. But uh, <laughs> I believe in timing. There's a reason why I had to have it at this time. Yes. Um, and I hope, I don't hope, I know that people have gotten value for the time that, you know, mm-hmm. um, we have been sitting together. And I look forward to having another conversation in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So please follow her. Um, engineer Angela Kapemba. Engineer is ENG, like the way you have DR for doctor. Exactly. Um, yeah. And uh, we'll follow your work. Um, you Thank know, you. we'll be around. Um, as and when you need us, you know where to find us. Um, the podcast will be around, I think, for the next one year. Yeah, it will be around. Where so, is it going, Sui? No, I'm, I'm just saying it's a going concern. <laughs> It's a great concern. It will be around. It will be around. Okay, that's you know? that's comforting because yeah, I want to be come back. Yeah, it will be, yeah, no, you will come. It, you remind me of Pastor Paswani because she said, I can't I can't offload everything because I'll just call me back. Exactly. Yeah, She's so right. We'll look forward to, to having you. Um, Thank you. And if you've watched, like I did say, follow her. Um, don't forget to subscribe, like, uh, share, tag another engineer uh, and let them see that uh, engineers can go on a podcast. Um, yeah, the, the last engineer I talked to who told me I'll come on the podcast is your president. Um, he told me he'll come. Even when I met him, yes, he told me I'll come, I'll come, I'll come. He no, has maybe, an amazing maybe story. This, maybe this will, you know. Yeah, maybe this will prop him up. But he, he, he has an amazing story. Like he has, yo, he has mm-hmm. an amazing he story. Does. And, and we'll he have does. him on the podcast. Thank you. Thanks, Sui. <laughs>